Greetings. You have entered Lorraine Lou's cave. Deep in the ground, the universal unconscious lies waiting to expose its secrets. The cave has, from the inception of humankind, enticed, mesmerized. It has been protective shelter, spiritual temple, keeper of sacred images, rituals, and lastly, burial chamber. On this inaugural podcast from La Reine Cave, it's only fitting to begin with a ritual. My introduction to and participation in the Native American ritual of Sweat Lodge. We tend to think of rituals as something outside ourselves, generally officiated by religious official bodies. The marriage ceremony, the bar mitzvah, the graduation... And then there are private rituals we perform in times of transformation. If you look at the sorcerer's image in the cave of Lascaux, it seems to indicate a communion with animals he, his people, hunted. There are handsome portraits of the respected animals. Rituals seem to bring about a desired outcome to connecting, committing oneself to a certain path, to an action. We sanctify it. From this day forward, I will. I participated in a sweat large ritual, seeking wisdom and counseling those who come to me for assistance on their life journey. In future episodes, that vocal images much like the ones painted in ancient caves of the world, images we have created and presently inhabit, the art and music, the stories we that serve to mesmerize, to captivate the soul, the spirit, for good or ill. Sweat Lodge Ritual by Lorraine Saint-Pierre The gathering place, an hour and a half trip to northern New Jersey in a jerry-built little house which sits way up on a hill and has no parking or accommodations for crowds. Upon entry, Lorraine Lou is greeted by a sign that asks that she remove her shoes before entering the living spaces. She is shocked to find an old woman in the living room sporting a Van Dyke beard. Another young woman sits with her. Lorraine nods and asks about the ritual. It seems the first rite is being performed as they speak. Her group's ritual will occur in about a half hour. Apparently, the medicine person who performs the ceremony has been scheduled to perform four such rituals this weekend, two yesterday and two today. She decides to go for a walk to check out a nearby sanctuary while waiting. Coming back, she walks over to take a look at the sweat lodge. The first group has emerged. The only person left in the lodge is a big Indian woman who comes rambling out barefooted with only a towel wrapped around her in icy Maine weather. 
that I knew is wearing thermal underwear, sweater, pullover, ankle-length skirt, and tights underneath, and sweatpants. Topping it all is a heavy wool coat and a long scarf wrapped around head and neck. The woman, a Lakota Indian, has a little rose tattoo above her left breast. The fleshy body, the tattoo, the mud-caked bare feet, and her sang-froid somehow add up to sensuality. A young blonde woman who's been smooching with her girlfriend goes off and gets the Indian woman, whose name is Beverly, some blood oranges and strawberries. Lorraine watches her eat the fruit with gusto. Its red juice is running down her chin all the while maintaining a running patter with some of the women who've gathered. The first group of celebrants has gone back to the house and is feasting. The blonde, it turns out, is the firekeeper. Since early morning, she has been burning wood on top of the rocks that are used in the ritual. More women start to gather around the fire. Beverly gives instructions on how they are to proceed and each has her body anointed with smoke from burning sage. Since she has never taken part in a sweat lodge ritual, Lorraine will be the first to enter. She leans against a pole to remove her pants after Priestess Beverly tells them, you must now take your clothes off. The firekeeper approaches and says, I use that pole to lean my shovel and pick on, and I need it. You should not stand in my way. Lorraine Lou looks steadily at her as she stands half-naked and vulnerable amidst strangers on a cold winter morning. It will take a second for me to remove my tights, and I intend to lean on that pole to do so. I can't be responsible for what happens if you are in my way, says Firekeeper. The tights, the sweatpants, the skirt, the sweater, the underwear are quickly removed and hung on a disputed pole. The ground, although still frozen, has a thin layer, perhaps a quarter inch, of thawed and mud from people walking on it. With Beverly leading them and chanting, they circle the lodge, a group of 13 naked women, wrapped in towels, some barefooted waiting to be invited in. Lorraine has kept her clogs on and will not remove them till she enters the lodge. It looks like a geodesic dome, piled with many blankets, quilts, and tarps on top. She is shivering and a bit humiliated by her nakedness and the mud. Finally, after some chanting, they are invited into the lodge, one at a time. Rather than dreading the heat, which she had obsessed about all weekend, Lorraine now looks forward to it. Thankfully, she had the foresight to bring several towels, one to place on the frozen muddy ground, the other to wrap herself with as the lodge is still cold. They are told it is not a shame to leave the lodge if a person becomes ill from the heat. There will be four rounds to the ceremony. 
At the end of each round, the lodge entry flap is open to allow light and air to enter. More hot rocks are added to the pit and the next round begins. She becomes aware of the peculiarities of her naked body. The old woman with the Van Dyke beard sits to her left, skinny body, healthy looking and spry. The beard throws her off and she cannot see beyond it. The old woman, or it, repulses her and she has no desire to communicate with someone whose sex is so indiscriminate. The lodge is packed in close and there is really no comfortable way to sit, what with the shape of the dome preventing one from leaning back against it. Thankfully, the firekeeper starts handing in rocks on a pitchfork. Beverly places them in certain positions, maneuvering them with a deer antler, and the woman to her left drops sage on each one. A bucket of water is brought in and the flap is closed. Beverly drops water on the rocks and Grandfather's breath is gladly received. She prays for all creation and she chants. At the second round, they each offer a prayer. Beverly speaks of a woman who once asked for a million dollars. At the time, I wondered how a million dollars could possibly come to the woman. Through the lottery or somebody's death, I did not think this was a good request. The woman got her wish. She was in a car accident in which her family died. She came out of it unscathed and a million dollars richer. You will get what you ask for in a sweat lodge, Beverly tells them, so choose wisely. Marine Lou asks the elders for wisdom in guiding the people who come to her for assistance to help them on their path. It occurs to her that no one has asked for personal gain, for advancement. With wisdom, one may have it all. They smoke the peace pipe and drink water, their bodies dirty with mud. Lorraine can feel the grit between her inner thighs, and several women have makeup running down their cheeks. Some perversity made her paint her fingernails and toenails blood red for the event. A middle-aged woman across from her pours water over her head, her red blotchy face and body. It looks repulsive, but accepted. They are down to the basics of life, heat, water, shelter. And when the ladle comes her way, it is seen as a golden liquid able to save her life. Later, they are given sage tea to cleanse the impurities from their bodies. The heat at no time overwhelms. What is hardest to endure is the discomfort of the seating arrangement. By the third and fourth round, some lie on the ground to relieve their cramped bodies. Beverly asks the group to hold hands and sing along with her the holy songs of her people. Does Lorraine want to hold the bearded woman's hand? Body to body she is able to communicate in spite of the squeamishness and her hand is grasped along with the others. Once out of the lodge, all quickly grab their clothes and head for the house to dress. To hell with this outdoor business. 
inside a table laden with food, which the participants have brought awaits. The firekeeper approaches Lerem and apologizes for the incident by the sweat lodge. They all form another circle. The old Van Dyke woman prays for them, and then they dive into the food. Lerem finds this part of the ritual anticlimactic. Are they still in the ritual? People line up and load their plates two and three times, and they eat. They eat and they eat. The talk is chit-chat. Some have come in small groups, and they form cliques. She is bored and would like to sleep. One wall is covered with T-shirts for sale, and there is some Indian jewelry. As soon as it is polite for her to get away, she says goodbye to Beverly, giving her a good hug, thanks the hostess who owns the house, and she is back on the road. Thanks for listening. You're welcome to visit my website, loverandlou.com, where you can leave feedback in the journal blog. Among the site's many offerings is a divination page with a weekly I Ching oracle and lots of other contributions. Mm-hmm.